In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. A three-letter word has been the focus of my attention for the last several weeks. That word is awe, A-W-E. While we all probably know what it means, I suspect it may not be a word most of us use frequently. I'd like to share an experience I had when I was in college and deeply immersed in becoming a rabbi. I was also coming to realize that I knew little, almost nothing, about the Christian faith of some of my classmates. That led to deciding to visit a church to see what they were all about. In those long ago days, the Saturday edition of the Boston Globe had a full page of ads for church services on Sunday. I remember looking for the heading Episcopal Churches, although I didn't know anything about any of the denominations, what they had in common or how they differed from each other. The psychologist in me assumes that somewhere I had heard something about the Episcopal Church and retained it on a subconscious level. In any case, there was a listing for the Episcopal Church of the Advent in Boston which looked interesting. The Brandeis University campus where I was is only some nine miles from Boston, but not having a car, just getting there took over an hour and a half, going by a bus, then a trolley car, and finally a subway. But I did get there, and to put it mildly, I was surprised, even amazed, by what I found. In the Jewish tradition, a synagogue is not a shrine or a church, but literally a meeting house, like a town hall, a gathering place for the community to have all sorts of functions of which worship is just one of many. So if one comes for a Sabbath liturgy, it's quite proper and not at all disrespectful to sit down and before the service starts, chat with the person next to you. You could say, hi, how are you? I haven't seen you for a while, how's your family? That's what I had experienced all my life. Something so unlike what I found at the Church of the Advent that morning. First of all, it was so quiet. No one was talking, no one. The only sound was soft organ music there was a lingering smell of incense. Some candles burned at shrines. And when people came in, they moved silently to pews and knelt and prayed. It all seemed so strange. And then the service started and a procession entered. People dressed in vestments, pictures of which I'd seen in history books, but didn't realize they might still be in use. As the service went on, I realized I had no idea at all as to what it was about. But I knew I didn't want to stand out as a stranger, so I spent most of the time looking out of the corner of my eye just to see when to stand and sit. It was all rather bewildering. 
so very different from what I was used to in synagogue services. But when it was over, as I left the church, I felt as if I put my finger in a live electric light socket. I knew I had been the presence of God in a way I had never before experienced. And the only word which came close to what I felt was awe, sheer awe. Now, so many years later, I trust I know what the Eucharist is and why, but the same awe has continued to overwhelm me every time I go to the altar to consecrate bread and wine and give the body and blood of Christ to all who come to God's table. At this Mass, we are accustomed to having the benefit of beautiful music, which certainly adds a lot to our worship. And along with you, I appreciate it. But there are also some moments when what Mr. Kent and the choir produce leaves me filled with awe, and I'm overwhelmed by a sense of God's presence. And I know I'm not alone in that. That same awe happens not only in church, but in other settings as well. I'm thinking of a morning recently when Anna and I awoke unusually early, sat on our front porch, and watched the sunrise with incredible colors. There were no words, at least none adequate to express the intensity of that experience, but awe comes as close as possible. One thing moments of awe have in common is that they are truly God moments. We don't create them. We can't schedule them at our convenience. They happen because God takes the initiative, most often when we least expect it. It can be when we're focused on other things and seemingly from out of nowhere, we are lifted out of ourselves and we realize God's presence is there. It may be in times of joy, but also it can be when we're trying to cope with pain or grief. Sometimes, such as my experience of God that first time at the Church of the Advent, or being overwhelmed by our choir's music, or watching the sunrise from our front porch, the awareness of God's presence is right then, immediate. But other times, we may recognize that awareness only in retrospect. Not infrequently, I talk with people who tell me that for years, they've been regular in coming to church, but more or less had just been going through the motions, saying the prayers and so on, without any of it having much connection to their daily life or relationship with or even belief in God. But then having that change, finding new meaning in their worship, church evolving from just being what we do to becoming where we connect with God and with others in the community of faith. It reminds me of something the poet W.H. Auden wrote about his own experience. Raised in the Church of England, he faithfully attended church every Sunday, considering it to be, quote, 
the right and proper thing to do, rather like brushing one's teeth, unquote. But one day, as an adult, he experienced God's presence and went from being a nominal churchman to being a devout Anglican. Another reality is the experience of people who came to church as children, but later fell away, finding little or no real meaning for them in church. But at some point as adults, one of those God moments occur, and they realize there's a kind of hole in their lives, something missing, and then find their way to a new relationship with God and sharing in the life of the community we call church. Having shared some of my story, let me ask you to think of yours. Have you had a time or times when you were aware of God's presence in a special way? And even more, why does God do that? The women's group in our parish is reading a book by Henry Nouwen entitled Life of the Beloved. For those who may not be familiar with the author, let me just say that he was a world-famous psychologist, Roman Catholic priest, college professor, author of many books, and spiritual director for countless people. The book I'm talking about was written in response to a request from a close friend, a non-religious Jewish writer who said, Henry, you write so many books for religious Christians. How about writing a book for people like me? So he did. The central point of that book is deceptively simple. Namely, you, meaning every person, you are not just loved by God. You are the beloved of God. I don't want to spoil the book for anyone. It's more than worth reading for yourself. But it spells out so clearly why God takes the initiative and comes in those moments of awe. It's really quite simple. The reason we can experience that three-letter word is a four-letter word, love, God's love. And isn't that what it's all about? Let me try to rescue a much-abused word and just say, it's awesome. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.